God, God said to Cain, he said, why is your countenance falling? He said, God looked at him and his body language had changed. And from his countenance, God knew inside that this chap, there's going to be a problem. Abel didn't know that. Abel was what you call simple-minded in scripture, lacked understanding. He was just playing with my brother. His countenance had changed, which means that what he's trying to say is that what is in the heart will always be reflected in, the, in, in body language. You just have to understand it. And therefore, if somebody is behaving somehow and, and their heart has shifted from you, it will be reflected in their body language. Now, it will be. It's just that you don't understand that. Same thing that happened. Go and read about Jacob and, and Laban. When did Jacob decide he was leaving Laban? He said, Laban's countenance towards me changed. And Jacob picked it and said, something is going to happen inside this office. Oh, so someone said, oh, suddenly they sacked me. They didn't sack you suddenly. The minute they started thinking about sacking you and downsizing and they had put the names out, the person who made that decision will not greet you again looking straight into your eyes. Because your name is already there. The person will say, hey, hi, how are you? What's happening? They, they, you will see it. So it's a lack of understanding. Instead of blaming things on the outside, take responsibility for it. Understanding is the bedrock of success. Spiritual understanding of what you are engaged in. I, I mean, we, we get ourselves involved in things we don't really understand those things. Someone says, well, I'm in business. You ask the person, so what's the history of business? How did business start? Well, I want to build a corporation. What's a corporation? Who was the first person to build a corporation? Uh, so, uh, uh, who, okay, what does it mean? What, what, is, what, what are the essential things within a corporation that actually makes a corporation succeed? What are the pillars there? Because people have found those things to be true. I say, well, well, now what people are just saying is I want to go and hustle. All right? I mean, I was sharing with some, uh, a cell, um, well, not a community group that, you know, they, they come to speak between, they have just been married for the first five years. And I now share with them about, 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 because that's the time where sometimes we get the biggest challenges and sometimes we say things they shouldn't say and they affect their marriages all right, for a very long time because uh, they meet people and they open their mouth and in anger they say things to themselves. And so I was telling them that, look, marriage is work. In fact, the love that is there, that affection, is the fluid to keep the energy, but it's work. And I said, because at the back of the mind of God concerning marriage, there's something he has at the back of his mind. That's why he says a man should love his wife as Christ loved the church, gave his life for her, that he might present her without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. So when a person is married, when you get to heaven as a husband, the first way God is going to judge you is, you say, well, love meant I gave her gifts. The first way he's going to judge you as a man is how much improvement came into the life of that woman and whether you were able to change the character of this woman and correct the flaws that were on the inside of her. In fact, people are running away from marriage at the very assignments that God gave to them, if you really understand it. Because what happens in marriage is that, okay, this is what exactly happens. God says that, you know, if, when you're married to somebody, 
that is the person that knows your faults. Now, in your family, your family members knows, you know, your, your, your weaknesses, your faults, who you really are, more than church members. So if you come to church like this, you, you're putting on nice clothes, you make up. But your family, they know, they know how you talk when you are angry. Okay? They know you. All right? So when you get married, that kind of knowledge comes out. So what happens is your infirmities, your weaknesses come out. And that other person is now has the responsibility, this is how God does it, of being the scapegoat. In other words, God says, I've now found somebody I can transfer these infirmities on, and then that person will make intercession and will be the Lamb of God that takes away that sin from the world. So through that, that person purifies that person by caring because the reason why there are still character defects in people is that the people who experience the character defect from somebody distance themselves from that person, cut off the contact they had with that person, push that person away. What they were to do was to pray for that person. If not unto the Israelite's life, I surround him with faith and love. I confess development of character. So that's what you're supposed to do. All right? So you have to understand, or else you will be running away from the very assignment. You get what I'm saying here? Because you might think that what was the meaning of marriage is you think in terms of pleasure. You think in terms of this. But that is, so if you don't understand it, you just feel like, so why we get to, ah, they say, well, ah, ah, when you get to our age, you just come together now. Somebody you like, you just pick the person. And then you get into the marriage, and then the Holy Spirit now shows you the work. You say it's night market. <laughs> that you didn't bargain for this when you went to market. <laughs> All right. So, what do we mean by this mind? And I'll bring this to a close. It means that this person, this individual, has learned now that all power comes from within that the kingdom of God resides within you, that, that if you are thirsty, Jesus said, come and pray. It's out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That I'm only weak, which means this weakness is a weakness here of ignorance. That's what he's showing. And I'm only weak because I keep depending challenges Then you have to find a way. If you say give and it shall be given, then you don't ask, give to and test what you're teaching. You understand this? Test it. So it takes understanding there. So instead of you trying to gain support from people, right, go the way of understanding. So this person throws themselves, has decided, I'm going to use my mind here by the Holy Spirit to now start tackling issues. That's the decision. As he says in Romans chapter 7 and verse 5, 25, all right? It says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. So then with, my, with the mind, it says, I've discovered the tool to overcome all these things where I found another law at war in my members. is through the mind. I understand it now. I serve the law of God. And throws themselves on the use of their mind there, instantly writes themselves, stands erect, assumes a dominant posture, and now is set for the workings of miracles. What it means is that you have decided to engage your mind in finding solutions to things. That when there are obstacles there, when there are challenges there, you are not just going to pray about it and hope that it disappears. 
You are going to sit down there with God until he teaches you how to resolve the issue and there's clarity. Until you understand what is going on, the cause behind this effect. What is the underlying thing creating this appearance? For nothing just exists in a vacuum there. There's something right in the realm of the spirit that is underguarding the presence of this thing. How do I eliminate that? So you've decided to pray, but then to apply your heart to understanding. Proverbs 2 from verse 2 to verse 4. It says here, incline your ears to wisdom and then apply thine heart to understanding. So it's going to take an application of your heart to understanding. Next verse. All right, you apply, but it says, yea, if you cry for knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding. So you pray to God for understanding, but you apply your heart to get the understanding there. Lord, I ask you for an understanding of this, but I'm going to apply my heart to find this thing. Next verse there, verse 4. If thou seekest her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure. So I'm going to look for this thing as hidden treasure. I'm going to seek for this particular thing. Right? So you want to overcome the limitations in your environment through this and other obstacles. You want to tell yourself, Lord, well, there are limitations here. They say, well, you want to build this enterprise, this is the limitation, this is the limitation, that's the limitation. And, and you know that these are limitations, like Jesus said. He said, if you're going to build a tower, first of all, sit down and count the cost. Don't just know how good it will be to have a tower. Know what you're coming up against. Know what the challenges are. Have insight. Know what those challenges are. Because he said, what causes failure from what he said was that once you start building, if you don't know how, what it will cost you and you don't prepare for that, he said, you will lay the foundation and you'll be exhausted. He said, if you don't know what you're coming up against, once you see the force come up against you, you will give up. In other words, reason why people give up is that there was too much pressure because they didn't think they were going to come up against that kind of thing. So they weren't prepared. So you think through and you're honest with yourself. This thing is not connecting here. I believe this. I'm saying this the experience. What's the connection here? How do I move from point A to point B here? And you sit down there, you pray for understanding, and then you seek for that understanding. So it's through the mind there. As we sit down and apply our hearts that we overcome limitations in our environment or the obstacles. Sir Thomas Lipton, Lipton T, said... A man of success is a man possessed of the greatest spiritual understanding. I get that. Which means he said, I started my business with 25 cents, but I understood things. And that is where the fortunes come out of, the exercise of true and spiritual power, which means this power there is, is from understanding. That's what's truth. I mean, God said, I'll give you the power to get wealth. He didn't say, I'll give you wealth. He said, I'll give you the power. Now, you use the power. That power is understanding, we'll see. So you sit down here, and you look at what you want to get yourself into, and there are obstacles there, and you just pray in tongues and ignore all of that, go into denial, and then go out. And then the obstacles show up. But he says, pray about it. Then seek. This is a challenge. This will be a challenge. Search for the solutions to these things before you get up. I mean, a friend of mine who helped me get on television was the marketing manager of a station. 
So he wanted to now have his own independent program on the station, so he came to meet me. And he said to me, he said, after some, like a year, he said, Pastor, I want to go on television. I said, all right, no problem. He said, um, can you borrow me church cameras? He came quite tell me behind. He said, can you borrow me church cameras so we can? I said, I can't borrow you church cameras, number one. Number two, I just said it to him. I said, you don't need cameras to go on television. He said, what, what are you talking about? He said, how can a person have a television program without having a camera to record? I said, go on it. You don't need cameras. I myself, when I said it, I don't know why I said it. So he came back to meet me after some months. He said, you know, you were right. He said, I, I was thinking, how can I go on television without cameras? I said, because these cameras will cost you about, um, right now cost you about, well, it will cost you serious money. Okay? So he came back. He said, you know, I was sitting down one day in my house, and it was a music program I wanted to start with. And then I switched on the channel to MTV, and I realized that I had watched MTV for two hours with nobody saying anything. It was from one video to the next video to the next video to the next video. He said, then you call to me, and we just want a 30-minute program. So we built the intro. From the intro, we go to the first video, second video, third video, fourth video, fifth video, and we close out, and that was the program. He said, I put it on air. Next thing, artists came to meet me that, please, can you put our video here? We are launching this video. So the people were now bringing content to him. He said, I started putting the content. Next thing, advertisers started coming that we need to put the corporate people started coming. He said, when they now started advertising on the program, then I got money to buy camera to record the person to introduce the camera. But the program was already successful before he went to camera. Now, it's understanding. He later on said, unfortunately, there are those who fail to recognize this power, which is this understanding. Spiritual power is not just a feeling. It's understanding. So you have a powerful idea, you sit down. I mean, people will tell me, well, we come to covenant, we hear you preach, we are blessed by your teaching. And they said, but there is no connection between people. We are not, we are not, I don't know anybody. In fact, Somebody said, I'd been in the church for 10 years. I told leaders one time, we're trying to solve the problem. So I told leaders one time, I said, you know, all of you, I challenge all of you, in this month, you must get to know five people that you don't know before. So after service, just walk up to five people. Do you know that a chap, somebody who had been in church for about 15 years, went to meet a guy who also had been in church for about 15 years, who wasn't in leadership position, and greeted him. Do you know what the guy said? He said, this is the first time anybody had just walked up to be in this church to greet me. He said, so he came, the guy came back and said, Pastor, what you're saying is correct. Now, I want to say this here. In business, they will use a language and say, this is what makes this company thrive, or this enterprise. This is their unique selling point. Now, I want to show you how they got to unique selling point, which is the distinguishing factor inside that business. What really creates it is that every venture has what you call choke points. In other words, so if I'm thinking through an idea, so what I described now is the choke point of covenant was the choke point. So I now tell myself, how am I going to resolve this choke point? Now, so you want to resolve the choke point. Now, I can now do this. I'll just be walking and praying about it. God, I pray, Lord, let people love themselves. Let them not greet themselves. Lord, let them greet themselves. Let them love themselves. I prophesy it into the congregation. You greet and love yourselves. You greet and you'll be there. Right? Now you sit down, God, give me understanding. What, what, what do you do that causes people's heart to be knit together? 
So you have a choke point. Now, when people now engage one in prayer and they apply their hearts to solve those choke points, which means this is the hindrance. So I started a business and I feel this is right, but I'm not getting, so this is the choke point here. I'm not getting clients, I'm not getting, that's a choke point. Now I've got to resolve this choke point here to, to allow air to come in, to allow things to grow. That choke point, now most people don't resolve their choke points. They just continue doing things, hoping things will get better, and they're in denial. Now that's the problem. They don't resolve, they don't think that, you, they don't you say, so you just continue. So what you do is you sit down, and then you pray, like we said, and then apply your heart. Then you search and you seek for it. One of the things I discovered on how to change it in creating community groups, we had attempted cells. It worked for, to a while. But then I realized there was a problem. I read a book somewhere that somebody said exactly, because most of the things they are going through is documented in books. I, somebody said exactly the same thing. Then I, that they had that problem. All right, then they said we created, and then they went into architecture of a house and talked about the foyer, the living room, and the bedroom, and then I saw it. That you have to create a living room experience from architecture. So we call that living room experience, all right, the, all right, community groups, using people's um, career, the jobs they do. I, 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 I said, God, God said, listen, there's something spiritual about people working in the same kind of job. I said, what do you mean? He said, Priscilla and Aquila and Paul, they came together, they were in ministry together, but how did they come together? They were tent builders. He said, when you get people who do the same kind of job together inside the group, he said, there's something spiritual about it. So you are resolving choke points now. Now, you engage in understanding. It's not that you're just praying and 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 then you fast and then that fast and I say, I've not eaten. I've not eaten God. I've not eaten. God, I've not eaten. That meat pie, I denied it. God, you must reward me by solving this problem. You sit down, all right? And then, and then light begins to come. You get an understanding of issues that surpasses natural understanding. There's peace. You know if we implement this thing, this thing is going to work this way. So once you get to that point and you have that understanding, and that's what you ought to do when you walk in a place. When you walk in a place, you might not be there, but your business is to resolve the choke points that are inside the place. A long time they say, well, business is on, then you engage that I have to come with understanding. Look, when they were doing when they were doing answers, when they were doing this, and I said, people say, Pastor, you're not talking. I went to study. To go and study the history of street protests. Because you can go out and be doing street protests, but you don't know what you are doing. I went to study it. The history of street protests is that only three have succeeded. And that success, I won't say what it is, so it means something. So I looked at it and said, and so the only other way, and what even when they say you have partial success, what happens is that the government makes concessions that are cosmetic, right? But everybody goes back to status quo. So I, I said, let me think through on this thing. What is a lasting solution to this? You engage in it. So when you say that you are going out on a street protest, you understand what you are doing and know how shifts occur. 
Or else people are just, everybody just say, hey, 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 and everything disappears. It's understanding. You know how, this is how this thing will work. These are the systems that you put in place. This is how far this can go. This is what you do. You want, so you read. All right? And you understand that you study it. Anything you are engaged in, you must have a spiritual understanding. Or else, it is what they call Hail Mary. You are just throwing something, hoping something will break for you. And it doesn't. That's how people get disappointed. You must have an understanding of what you're doing. So once you have that understanding, the Bible says Jesus grew in understanding and in favor. Once there's understanding of the thing and you start putting understanding to work, what happens? That's what happens. Most people are just doing things physically that work. All right. Once you get to a choke point there, you sit down, you study it, you understand it and say, this is what this thing is. And then you now apply yourself. It brings favor. It draws people. It draws people. You are inside an office, people notice. Look, I'm not saying this to hurt anybody, but you, so, so I say, well, there's COVID, there was downsizing in a company. Uh, so, so why do you lose your job? You say, well, they, they downsized and COVID caused it. It's not COVID that caused it. Let me tell you what happened there. Once they said there was COVID, yes, COVID is external. The head of the organization looked at it and said, we need to crunch it. Who are the essential workers in this place? We only need one third of these people who are essential workers. In other words, what they're saying is, everybody that we have held on to emotionally, remove all of them. Only people that are productive. Because if you are highly productive, even the CEO will tell you that, leave that person. I will go and be chairman and leave the CEO salary. But without this person, which means you can attribute it to COVID, or you can, on a deeper level, look at it and say, I wasn't as productive as I should have been. And take that challenge. All right? And tell yourself that. I remember when we first hired where we were in Yaba. Let me tell you this. We had this sex photograph now before they say that this is where Pastor's power is coming from, that is said. So, uh, but me and I were like, we see, I used to go and sit down with her, gisting, gisting. We'll be talking, she'll be gisting with me. Back then, she used to do business and run furniture and all of that. She used to be on the compound. So, I mean, people, in fact, one of the managers went to tell the other people when we are taking up all the space, that pastor is praying all of you out and he's using money to buy you people out of this, which wasn't true. But I remember something. I remember once Nepa back then did something, there was no lights in the compound. They rushed to the landlord to go and report. The landlord came, he said, with all those organizations in my property. He now turned around, he said, is pastor not there? I was the youngest among them. He said, boy, is pastor not there? They told him, they said, yes, pastor is there. He said, that guy has force. He won't sit down and let something dominate him. Are you sure pastor is in that place that you people are coming to meet me? He will, that's what they're talking about, which means that people want people that have force, which means when something comes, they don't just shake their hand and say, well, there's a problem. They resolve the problem. They apply their hearts to understand it. They do the mental labor and sweat that thing out until they discover how to do it. That is what. So what happens is when people get into certain positions, that's what it means by favor. Jesus is going outside. They'll say, who? Somebody will say, let's go and call this person. One time we used to do a platform in, 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 in um, TBS. There was one lady in church then. I mean, she's my friend. She's still my friend now. We'll talk, 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 but we'll fight. Ah! All right, we'll fight. So please, blah, blah, blah. in fact, people will joke. So 
One day they were telling me in the meeting, I sat down and said, and they told me, I said, ah, they said this is where the problem is going to be in this thing. People are going to be rushing in here. I told them, I said, go and call this lady. They looked at me, pastor. This lady, I said, go and call her, put her there. That lady would not be defeated by anything. I said, I know her. They said, but pastor, I said, you, that I'm arguing with someone doesn't mean, that's arguing, that doesn't mean I don't recognize talent. Go and put this lady here. The day of platform, she was wearing rubber slippers. She stood like this in jeans. She said, today is today. This thing will work. When they finished, I laughed at her. I called someone. I said, didn't I tell you in the leadership meeting, this lady? She said, you mean Pastor told you? I thought it was somebody else that pointed me. I wanted to show you, Pastor, I can do it. I said, I'm the one that told them. She said, I wanted to prove a point to you. You don't agree with me. This is what I'm telling you. I said, I am the one. They told her it's Pastor. But you have to have that kind of spirit there. And what you are doing there is growing in strength. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.